today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Jesus Christ is in you. It's manifesting out of you. That is who we are putting on in a sense. We're putting Christ on instead of self. And, and the whole armor of God is Jesus. Jesus is truth. Jesus is righteous. Jesus is peace. Jesus is hope. Jesus is salvation. And Jesus is the word. If you abide in Jesus, then you will be, with able, you will be able to withstand the enemy. What Pastor Eric just referenced is the armor of God from Paul's letter to the Church of Ephesus. But the glorious truth about this armor is that each and every component points to a characteristic of Jesus. Jesus is our armor. He is the one that guides and protects us as we trust in Him. Now, here's Pastor Eric with today's message. Now, there is power, though, in unity because here my neighbor saw it. He saw the unity of the body coming together, working together, and sharing a a gospel that we believe in wholeheartedly. And he was thrown back about that. He was like, that was amazing to see. And so when you see that the body is working together as God has designed it, it makes a huge impact. A huge impact into this world. Because again, just as Jesus was praying, it's like we they may be one in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So when people are saying, when uh, pastors are saying, or you're reading, what does it mean to be one? Well, the goal for being one is to see, uh, for the world to see that Jesus was sent by God. Does that make sense? Wow, there's power in unity. And now I say that there's power in unity because how many movies are there where there's like a bully getting ready to fight a little, you know, a little guy, you know, and he's like, I'm going to take you out, right? But then all of a sudden the the little guy has all these friends and they step in and says, you got to go through me first. You got to go through me first. And then what usually happens with the bully? He runs away, right? Man, there is power in unity, you guys. Is there power in unity? Why? Because Jesus is perfect and almighty, and he can take out anything. There's nothing that can stop Jesus Christ. And so if we're in Jesus, we have a great thing for us. If God can be for you, who can be against you? Are you sure? Okay, because that's what the Bible says, right? And the Bible is true. So if you're united in Christ and you face your enemies, what happens to the enemies? Right? Sound effect and all. But if you go through life and you're, you're trying to do things by yourself, you're going to get consumed. Because the, the enemy is like a roaring lion who seeks whom he can destroy. Okay? Now think of this on, the, on a personal level. Okay, great, as a church, we're powerful. But guess what, you guys? You're part of this body, and Jesus is with you always. And when you're facing your addictions, if you're facing, uh, if you're facing addictions, if you're facing sin, sin can, can seem so large. But remember who you're part of, who you're united with. You're united with Jesus Christ. You stand with him. Therefore, those chains that try to hold you down are broken. 
because of Jesus. Now, this isn't a crazy football player, but this is like, this is life, man. And this is powerful if you really grasp it, that there is unity and there is power in that unity in Christ. And that we can stand and we can fight and we have victory, you guys. Nothing can happen to us as long as we are one in Jesus Christ. John, Jesus said this in John, My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So when the enemy is trying to say that you are a failure, I'm going to take you out. Guess what? Back off, devil, because I'm united with Christ. <laughs> Nothing can take you out of his hand if you're united with him. And so here we see that there is power, and we're going to see this power come to, come to play here in Judges, okay? So that the men of Israel, they all gather together as one United as one. Did you guys catch that in verse 11? United together as one man. What a great picture of the church in Jesus Christ. Continuing on, we see grace is extended. Then the tribes of Israel sent, sent men through all the tribes of Benjamin, saying, What is this wickedness that has occurred among you? Now therefore deliver up the men, the perverted men who are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and remove the evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not listen to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. Instead, the children of Benjamin gathered together from the cities of Gibeah to go to battle against the children of Israel. And from, the city, from their cities at the time, the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who numbered 700 select men. And these men are select for a reason. Among all these people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss, meaning that they could see their target and they would not miss. 700 of these guys were sharpshooters from the town of Benjamin, okay, from the tribe of Benjamin. And then verse 17, Now besides Benjamin, the men of Israel numbered 400,000 men who drew the sword. All of these were men of war. So you've got 27,000 versus 400,000. So Israel sends men to the tribe of Benjamin, asking them to do what, you guys? Deliver the wicked men. They wanted the men so that they could kill them and remove them from Israel, without going to war. But Benjamin declined the offer. Instead, Benjamin gathered uh, men to fight against Israel. And like I said, 700 of them were sharpshooters, snipers in a sense, if you would put a, a term on it today, to go to battle against his brother Israel, his brother's Israel. But here, you guys, is a great picture of grace being extended Instead of, you, you hear the story, you hear the accusation, the wickedness, and hear the tribe say, you know what, we're going to send men to go to the tribe of Benjamin to get the wickedness out of there so we don't have to go to war. Hey, what a great picture of Jesus. Because he offers grace and he offers mercy. And he asks us to hand over our sins to him. He wants to remove the evil from our lives. But you know what? Man has a choice, and we can either listen to him or we can ignore him and prepare and fight against him. Prepare and fight against Jesus, okay? When you ignore him and choose your ways. 
Why do I say that? Because Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 30. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather me scatters abroad. In simple English terms, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. That's insane. But what a great picture of God's grace being extended to all mankind. And Jesus is doing it because he loves us. These guys were doing it probably because they loved their brother as well. But here, Jesus is coming to us and saying, I don't want to fight against you guys. I want to take your sin. I want to take the wickedness away from you. I want to remove it. But it's up to us if we're going to listen to him or not. Uh, So Israel prepares for battle in in, uh, verses 18 through 29. It says this, Then the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. Hey, praise God. Finally, somebody's seeking the Lord, right? They said, Which of us shall go first to battle against the children of Benjamin? The Lord said, Judah first. Verse 19, So the children of Israel rose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin, and the men of Israel put themselves in battle array to fight against them at Gibeah. Then the children of Benjamin came out of Gibeah, and on that day cut down to the ground 22,000 men of the Israelites. And the people, that is, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves again, formed the battle line at the place where they had been put themselves in array on the first day. Verse 23, Then the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I again draw near for battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against him. So the children of Israel approached the children of Benjamin on the second day. And Benjamin went went out against them from Gibeah on the second day and cut down to the ground 18,000 more of the children of Israel. Wow, all these true the sword. What's happening here? Verse 26, Then all the children of Israel, that is, all the people, went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat before the Lord, and they fasted that day until evening, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Verse 27, So the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. The ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? And catch this, guys, in verse 28, the Lord's response. And the Lord said, Go up for tomorrow. I will deliver them into your hand. Then the Israel of Then Israel set men in ambush all around Gibeah. So here we see that Israel prepares for the battle because the Benjamites are preparing for battle. But here's the beautiful thing is that the children of Israel inquire of the Lord. They went to, to God and asking who goes first. And God says, send Judah first. And then the battle happens. And then did you guys catch it? 22,000 Benjamites or Israelites died. That hurt them. That broke them. And so they go back and they go and seek again the Lord's counsel and says, do we fight again, again against our brother Benjamin? And God tells them what? To keep going. So battle number two, Israel goes and fights Benjamin, and guess what happens? 18,000 Israelites perish. God, what are you doing to us? 
We're, we're losing here. So then they go and they seek the Lord a third time. But this time was different. This time brought mourning. It brought weeping. It brought fasting. It brought worshiping the Lord. And they asked the Lord the third time, do we continue? And the Lord answered, go, and I will deliver them into your hand. And so that's where we're at in the story is the third time now. And before we read, you know, why, the, the conclusion of it, why, why did Israel suffer those two losses, those two tragic losses? Well, you ready? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't tell us why. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Even commentaries don't even know, because they don't say. I'm like, well, they don't know. I'm not going to pretend to say that I know, because I don't know. That's a lot of no, right? I don't know this, why it took place. But I do know this. When complete emptiness takes place within a person, when, uh, True worship takes place within a person that God fills and he brings victory in one's life. God brings victory, you guys. And and, and so when one's life is focused and directed on the Lord, God brings a mighty victory. Why do I know this? Well, because Jesus said this uh, in in John 15.4, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. You can't have victory unless you're abiding in Jesus Christ. You can't. And so many of us try to be the warrior, the little guy down here fighting all these enemies that this, the world throws at us, that the principalities of darkness that Satan throws at us, and we get beat up and devoured But if we abide in Christ, we can conquer those things because it's not us conquering, it's Jesus Christ. Abide in Jesus. If we don't empty ourselves, meaning if we don't deny ourselves, guess what's going to happen to us? If we still think we can fulfill our desires, we're not going to stick because it's still about you. It's not about Jesus. If our focus and our worship is not on Jesus Christ, then you are not abiding in Christ. That's a powerful statement. The one thing will not work. Why? Because your mind and your heart, your heart and your mind are not in Christ. You're still focused on self. Jesus said that this is a, a serious thing to be a Christian. One who follows him. It's a serious deal. It's a deal that's well worth it, let me tell you. He said this, deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. Now, I'll admit that we have our battles, and, we, and Paul tells us in Galatians that we war with the flesh. The Spirit of God wars with the flesh. But we must have that desire to empty ourselves. Why do we have that desire? Because of God's love for you should draw us more in love with him. And so we want to get rid of our self that he saved us from and that we want to serve him because we love him. 
Because when we empty ourselves completely, guess what happens? I was talking to a brother today. When you pull the, the drain plug of self and you stop it after everything's run out, then you plug it back up, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit then flows inside of you and then it's coming out and then it bursts out into the world. But we've got to, we've, we've got to empty self and worship Jesus. May he be our main thoughts. And I think that there was a pastor friend of mine who I had breakfast with, and he told me so many of us are putting our things equal with God. God is alone worthy of our praise. He's the mighty one. But we try to put things as equal with him as an importance. God is number one. And because you're in Christ Jesus, when you're in Christ, there is nothing that can defeat you because nothing can defeat him. Now think of this, you guys. As Paul said to the church at Ephesus, he said this. He goes, in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then he says, continues in verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, uh, be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. So Paul is telling the church, and he tells us, and we hear it all the time, right? Put on the whole armor of God. Well, guess who you really are putting on? You're not putting on armor. You're putting on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is in you. It's manifesting out of you. That is who we are putting on in a sense. We're putting Christ on instead of self. And, and the whole armor of God is Jesus. Jesus is truth. Jesus is righteous. Jesus is peace. Jesus is hope. Jesus is salvation, and Jesus is the word. If you abide in Jesus, then you will, be with, able, you will be able to withstand the enemy. Truth. And so if you're going to have victory, you need to empty self and worship the Lord. Again, Jesus said in Luke 9.23, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus said this concerning worship, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all, with all your mind. If we want victory against this stupid enemy, we need to be in Jesus Christ. That's where the victory is at. So concluding with the victory, let's read on. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in battle array against Gibeah as it was the other times. So the children of Benjamin went out against the people and went and were drawn away from the city. They began to strike down and kill some of the people as the other times. Oh, here they go again. Israel getting defeated in the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah. And in the field, about 30 men of Israel... And the children of Benjamin said, They are defeated before us as as first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all the men of Israel rose from their place and put themselves in battle array at Baal Tamor. Then Israel's men in ambush burst forth from their position in the plain of Geba. And 10,000 select men from all Israel came out against Gibeah. And the battle was fierce. But the Benjamites did not know that the disaster was upon them. The Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and the children of Israel destroyed that day 25,100 Benjamites. All these drew the sword. 
Verse 36, so the children of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. The men of Israel had given ground to the Benjamites because they relied on the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. And the men in ambush quickly rushed upon Gibeah. The men in ambush spread out and struck the whole city with the edge of the sword. Now the, now the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the men of the ambush in the ambush was that they would make a great cloud of smoke rise up from the city whereupon the men of Israel would turn in battle. Now Benjamin had begun to strike and kill about 30 of the men of Israel, for they said, Surely they are defeated before us as in the first battle. Verse 40, But when the cloud began to rise from the city in the column of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them, and, the, and there was the whole city going up in smoke to heaven. Verse 41, And when the men of Israel turned back and the men of Benjamin panicked, for they saw that the disaster had come upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel in the direction of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and whoever came out of the cities they destroyed in their midst. Verse 43, they surrounded the Benjamites, chased them, and easily trampled them down as far as in front of Gibeah toward the east. And 18,000 men of Benjamin fell. All these were men of valor. Then they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Rimeon, and they cut down 5,000 of them on the highways. They pursued them re- re- relentlessly upon Gideon and killed 2,000 of them. So all who fell of Benjamin that day were 25,000 men who drew the sword, and all these were men of valor. Verse 47, But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness, toward the rock of Rimeon, And they stayed at the rock of Rimeon for four months. And the men of Israel turned back against the children of Benjamin and struck them down with the edge of the sword from every city, man and beast, all who were found, that they they also set set fire to all the cities they came to. Wow. Okay, well, God was good on his word, right? He gave Israel the victory. And so Israel, you know, goes against Benjamin but this is a very similar tactic that Joshua used against AI. The ambush, it's a very similar uh, tactic that Joshua used. So Israel cuts down the Benjamin, and Benjamin went down to a small remnant, which we'll learn about next week as we conclude the book of Judges. So tonight, you guys, in the midst of this story, what do, what do we learn? We learn that there is power in unity. There's power when, when a body comes together and fights. Yes, there may be casualties, but in the long run, you know what? There is no casualties in Christ because we are all living for eternity in him. And we suffer our daily battles and sometimes we mess up. I say the casualties are the times that we fall in the, the ways of the flesh. But you know what? Christ is right there to pick us up again and to forgive us and to get going on the battle once again. We don't lose if you abide in Christ. God's grace and his mercy and his love is simply amazing. You see his love even then reaching out to the tribe of Benjamin saying, hey, just turn over the wickedness and we'll, we'll, we'll go on from there. But they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. And finally, abiding in Jesus, you guys, will bring victory. And no matter what battle you face, praise God, huh? 
There's much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at gracetothehearers.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Though God doesn't need our money, He most certainly uses our stewardship and faithfulness to accomplish His will. Would you consider giving towards the ongoing expenses of bringing you Grace to the Hearers on this station? If so, a secure option to give a gift of any amount is available by clicking the Donate button at gracetothehearers.com That's gracetothehearers.com Again, to make a secure donation, log on to gracetothehearers.com From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. Grace to the Hearers